Welcome to the Comfortable in Chaos Podcast. Podcast. Strangle your demons and let's go. Y'all need Jesus! So let's get to the point and let's roll another joint and turn the radio loud. I'm too alone to be proud. You don't. Welcome to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. I am your host, Eric Helberg, and you know we're like Einstein over here. We have no special talents. We're just passionately curious Passionately curious about all things pertaining to men. How in the hell did we get here? And where is it that we want to go? We want to go to the truth. I think Vivek is right. We are living in a purposeless and passionless society. A void in our hearts. A void in our souls. Why do you think I've been doing these messages. Don't you want more than the normal damn curmudgeons telling you the same old bullshit about the same old crap? It gets old. We already have enough of that in our day-to-day lives. Yes, in order to be successful at anything, you do have to get used to, how about we say high-performing monotony, whatever that means to you. Put that in your toolbox. You haven't heard that before, have you? High-performing monotony. There is no other way to be good at anything. You will do these same things, but you can do them well. Over and over and over. There's your life. You good with it? All right, gotcha. Here we go. I think we're going to do today's message as we are building towards 2024 on personal responsibility. Oh yeah, people talk about that all the time. But I'm going to start with this. I actually took my son down with me. I did an episode called Mexican Rule before and you knew I was in the basement somewhere doing my other broadcast while we were back down in El Valle. And yes, I was chasing some people And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, well, let me tell you this. My front before, you know, I embedded with a lawn care, lawn maintenance people. You know, sometimes my son and I will be playing ball at these loading facilities. Oh, yeah. Nothing sets people at ease. And, you know, a 14-year-old boy, 14 now, and myself, we're just out there pitching back and forth, playing catch. All is good in the world. People just look over you. But at the same time, if you're down in El Valle and you've gotten used to seeing that, all right, I may do something different. I may buy 30 damn pineapples. I was in my third vehicle on this trip, and I may just stack them up all on the hood, and by the time we sell five or six of them, I'll have my son doing that. will be a frutaria. By the time we sell a few of those good things, I bet we will get into where we need to be. Just a few little tidbits for entertainment. In actuality. But what I wanted to leave you with, and I'm not at liberty to really say, was I have come to the conclusion that these doggone cartels 
are pretty, pretty pervasive. We know they're moving people, and primarily when they're moving people, the bulk of their daily income, yes, that's a mass influx of migrants, but they bring in the specialized migrants, the ones from places we don't like so they can get here and create things that we don't like. That's one. But I am going to go ahead and tell you now, without getting my ass in trouble, but with first direct line experience that I think they are involved in, International, meaning the companies involved. Manufacturing, meaning the maquiladoras and facilities and free trade zones within the Texas-Mexico border. Just something to think about. I'm going to move on from there. Okay. So we got in at about 0300 hours this morning. I'm still delirious. It's taken me a while to get my thoughts together at 53. I don't run a gun near as well, nor near as fast. So after a full day of activity, and then you decide you've completed your task, then you're going to drive back home after that. Damn, man. You get in the wee hours. Well, let's get going. Personal responsibility. Here we are. I'm not sure what my daughter's boyfriend, a boy that's a friend, but I'm going to tell you right now, I think he's a fine young man. And we had him over for Christmas dinner, and he demonstrated some personal responsibility in his attempt to build rapport with me. I guess he had spoke to our daughter, and my daughter said, oh, he likes Coors Banquet beer. Well, damn it. I stopped drinking that stuff a while back just simply because, yeah, beer is cool when you can chill. But when your life is high octane and you take a couple of those and you're just ready to kind of lay it down low. So a while back, I switched beer in favor for coffee. And, you know, I dip, I smoke cigars, I do all that stuff. Maybe I need to cut that crap out. You know what? 2024 may be the year. We'll see. Personal responsibility. But anyways, I think that was a demonstration on his part in which to create an opportunity for us to talk and whereby he showed a little gratitude that he could come over and experience that with us and also that we allow our daughter to go back and forth from time to time with him. That is just a free exchange. And I'm grateful for it. I receive it for what it is. And then... On the second item, while we were still in the valley, my son needed a haircut desperately. I mean, he's got my wife's family's hair. It's woollier than a damn donkey. And we have two Mediterranean donkeys, so I can speak firsthand on that. And I'm the guy who always cuts his hair, and I leave him looking in shambles. I think it looks good. He thinks it looks bad. But we're still in this dance. So I said, you know what, dude? We're going to be right on the border. We're going to be down in Hidalgo. I'm going to get you a damn cartel cut. You are going to be happy with it. Well, laid this dude down in the chair at this one place. It's actually called Hipster. And uh, it was a young kid doing the haircutting. few tats, kind of cool looking red shoes. But my son said he should have known better because he had a picture of his family right by his barber's mirror. But to the right of him, he had another picture of damn El Chapo. So he did get a cartel cut, man. Dude even used a razor on him. Thing took like 35, 40 minutes. 
And um, I thought he was about to get jiggy on his eyebrows too. But I mean, he dude left him more lines than a, I don't know, a baker sheet delineating cakes. And uh, he got mad at me about that. But hey, personal responsibility, right? He made a deal with the barber. He told him he was looking for a burst, but without a point at the back. Dude showed him a picture. They agreed to it. We carried on, and here we are. So there's the deal with my daughter and my son. Familial interaction. All right. Not really. But for the sake of our argument, we'll say a little bit of discord. Perhaps a disagreement. What if my wife gets mad at me? Do things like that happen in a marriage as a father, since this is a show for men, within your family, your extended family. And you know I like to tie things together, so we're going to tie up that last episode about community activism and then get on to personal responsibility. They actually go hand in hand. How can you impose a standard upon people interacting within their community, meaning where they live, the populace around where they live, that is not the same for their own families or their closest loved ones. If you are going to make mistakes and or aggrieve and or chap someone's ass in your own house, how could you think if you were deliberately going out and trying to interact with a community at large that you would not do the same thing? Stop imposing unreasonable standards upon people in how they interact with others when oftentimes they were doing the very best they can in order to make their communities better. It is impossible. Going back to personal responsibility, Christ knew that we couldn't handle it on our own. We had to come to Him. We have to rely on Him within our own household and damn it, if we fall and fail there, which is the human condition, you don't think we're going to do it out in our own communities? We're going to work on it. But you community activists promoting division instead of togetherness, why don't you start providing some grace instead of looking for things that are problematic? That's where your real heart lies. So... That is incumbent upon you having personal responsibility. Now, let's go into that. So let's ramble here a bit. And let's focus on some P's, as in Papa, P, P. The first thing you're going to do in your quest for personal Right? We said responsibility. That is your person. Therefore, control of yourself, which is impossible, left of your own accord and accountable to yourself. It is not possible. You're going to be like, oh, I know it is, Eric. Oh, yeah. I brush my teeth uh, twice a day. I now use a tooth whitener. And I work out. I go to the gym after work. In fact, I leave the office early. I put in my hour and a half there. Okay, never mind. I work out in 20 minutes and I can run a hell of a lot farther, probably lift a hell of a lot more than you. Okay, is that good, bad? I don't know. Instead of the perk of looking good, have a purpose involved. Here's what you're going to do. Pray. Pray. We're rambling with peas. 
spit. You've got to take dominion over yourself first before you can have dominion over your family. You can only take dominion over yourself by allowing Christ to do so. And if our Lord Jesus Christ spent an inordinate amount of the recorded life that we have of him in prayer as the Son of God, now for my military guys, he would preemptively strike in prayer, right? To get ready for things. He would pray during the mission, whatever endeavor he was actually in at that moment. And then he would do an after-action report too. He would pray after. So the Christ, our Savior, prayed more than any man while he was God-man here on this earth. What makes you think that us, fallen flesh, would have to pray less? But we all do. I'm guilty. I'm not exalting myself here. I need to pray a lot more. And why are you praying? You're praying so that you know His will for your life. He will reveal it section by section at a time. You can't handle it all at once. You don't know how it is going to be. It's up to Him. So find out. No different than finding out about your wife. Right? Lord, what is the will for my life? What is it that you would have me do? I'm asking this of you in your son Jesus' name. Amen. It's no different than going to your wife. Are you happy in our marriage? Mm, What is it that you feel like I'm lacking in? What would you like to do more of? When I do this, are you happy? You're finding out. Simple, but for some reason, amazingly tough questions. Really, what everyone wants is they want more freedom in life, right? More freedom, spit. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Yeah, you know Bobby McGee, right? Even Janis Joplin knew a lot more than us. We want to have more freedom, but answer less questions. We want more without having to be accountable. Is that a real life? Or is that just another example of someone in worldly success? The higher they go up the totem pole, the flagpole, the tree, whatever, as my father-in-law says, the higher they go, the more they show their ass. Is that what you want? Find out. Get over that. Most people, just like I sang, are fearful of losing something. Typically, it is monetarily and or status attached in this difficult world. That's why they spend their whole lives people-pleasing or what I call pimping for the Pope. We're going to stop bending our knee for other men, mankind. We're going to bend it and look up. And then we know we're going to be assured. Okay, well, how do you make it in this world, Eric? Uh, If we're not pleasing people, keep your spirit. Keep your integrity, right? Rest assured, the Lord will skillfully organize your life 
Now, that doesn't mean you're going to lay latent, be a lazy ass. He doesn't subscribe to that. There's a ton of scripture on that. You will have to take action upon the feedback that he provides you, and it will be provided for you, i.e. in the form of breadcrumbs, right? Thank Hansel and Gretel. You're following these crumbs. And then you will stop chasing perks, which is what mankind does. They want the perks of something instead of following it with a given purpose. Your purpose as a man is righteousness, and therefore that purpose is an extension to your family, right? The betterment of them, and then those ripple effects from that union and that relationship go out into the world and influence others to take the same steps if they don't already have a certain renewal of their spirit. Now, I will tell you this. Here is another P, and it is a different P. So let's back up. We had pray, and prayer will keep us from pimping and focus on purpose as opposed to the perks of people pleasing. You heard me do an entire episode if you're one of my followers, and I know there are many. Hell, back probably the end of October about how most people live in fear. I'm going to tell you where fear is good. And that's why I said this P is prerequisite. Here's your prerequisite. Fear the Lord. Do not fear a man. Right? What did King Solomon say? Fear the Lord and keep his commandments. Because people who are left unaccountable and face no consequences, and isn't that what most people want? Remember what I just said earlier? They want more freedom without accountability. But people who have no consequences and or feel they will face no consequences for their actions typically behave unwisely. So you can certainly have that. And that doesn't mean you're cowering around as a man. In fact, you can even say that fear can be the basis for most of your matchups, most of your introductions, most of your encounters in day-to-day life. And you're like, what, Eric? Now you're saying I need to put some fear on people? No. But when you deal with another man and they can tell there is something different about you, or no matter what they present or try to get you involved with, that you are going to be different and or your character, meaning your holiness is not going to be impugned, there's a certain amount of fear that comes in to the fallen person's mind. It could simply be not a fear of bodily harm, but it can certainly be a fear of the unknown it definitely gives you an advantage. Let me give you a good example. One time I was repossessing some equipment north of Loop 610, really on the northeast side in a rough part of town in Houston called Setagast. I'm not going to go into the full details, but basically I did a no-no. 
this tractor had a mechanics lien on it, about a $6,000 bill, and I'd become very adept at breaking into shops. Yes, do not do that, even if you are a repo man. It's a good way to get killed. I was young and dumb back then, and I certainly thought more highly of myself than fearing the Lord. But here's where being different and knowing that I didn't worry about man made a difference. So... I took this tractor, this Freightliner. I rolled out of that shop. I'm talking like a damn scalded ape, man. I took the wrong turn. Yep, they gave chase. I turned down a cul-de-sac. They pinned me in with another tractor and trailer. Dude comes out. I walked right up on him. This dude looks like he probably could have been a modern-day NFL lineman at least a linebacker. I'm talking bulging muscles the full nine yards. We said our niceties to one another as we were closing the gap. Dude was so strong, he picked me up, picked me up at the front of the tractor, the 18-wheeler, lifted me up in the air, I guess at that time maybe 180 pounds, but when you lift someone up like a sack of flour like it's nothing, you are an inordinately strong man. And he proceeds to throw me in the air, airborne, all the way back to the fifth wheel of that tractor. While I was airborne, I'm already thinking, son of a gun, this is one beast of a dude. But I'm not going to let him see me bow down. I got myself upright and adjusted my body mid-flight. Landed back with the assist of my right arm on my feet and sprung back up and was right back in front of him as he was already stepping up the running board to get in the tractor that I had just taken. But he also had someone on the other side. Not quite as big, but equally as demonstrative. And I'm like, there ain't no way I'm going to win this. But I can tell you this. When I popped back up and went right back to him after he had already thrown me 10, 12 feet, maybe more, in midair, his whole face changed. And I'm like, bro, I'll see you again. He couldn't believe it. And we did see each other again. But you can still take that position. That was godly overwatch. And it worked out in the end, thank God. But I didn't have to bow down to that guy who could have beat me to a pulp. Who gives a you-know-what? All right, let's move further. I've given you a few more Ps. The first one, prayer, right? No more pimping. Purpose instead of perks. Stop seeking them. Then we said perpetuate fear. By fearing the Lord, you will create fear in others, but in a good way, much different than what you normally hear, correct? All right. The last one will simply be, if we are going to use a P, will be propagation, propagate. And I would say what you want to propagate is life. You're like, how in the what? What? 
the power, propagate power. Let's do it like that. And we know that the power of life and death is in the tongue. Let's use one more, Pete, a portal. If you're talking nastiness, if you're slandering people, if you're talking negative, you're opening up a direct portal for demonic activity into your own life. Cleanse yourself with edifying speech. Haven't you ever seen if you, I mean, I wouldn't do that to my spouse. She'd knock me over the head with a rolling pin. But let's say I've done it to my children, and we all have. Have you seen the look on their face? Have you seen the posture of their body change? We can do better by speaking life, edifying words, as opposed to ones that tear down. Oh, yeah. You want a good example? Think Trey Turner. He was having an abysmal season with the, with the Phillies. And what ended up happening? They talked to one of the old Phillies legends. He's like, the next time that dude comes up to bat, everyone give him a standing ovation. It worked. Turned his whole damn season around. Yeah, the negativity had made him flounder. He knew he was doing bad and it had been lumped upon him. But that propelled him to new life when it was spoken over him. It changed everything. There's a good example for you. So let's do that. And those are all the P's that you can take with you to start having personal responsibility. And let me go one more on that. If you find yourself wanting to say something negative, you don't need the world's false flattery. Find something good to say and or simply look cordial and say nothing at all. But if it is legitimate and you can put it out there, it will do everyone much better. So until next time on the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast, I bid you bon voyage, my burgeoning flock. Until next time, like and subscribe to the Comfortable and Chaos Podcast. <laughs>